Good morning. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Luke's Gospel, and we're going to read from Luke 24, starting to read at verse 50. This is the last part of Luke's Gospel. And in verse 50 we read, When he had led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for these few verses that we've read together in your presence, and we pray that you might just speak to us through them as we come to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this morning is um, Ascension Sunday, and we're going to have a look at the Ascension. And the title I want to put over this morning's message is How Significant Is the Ascension? You see, during his time with the disciples, Jesus had prepared them for what would happen to him. He told them that he would be arrested and killed, killed by the religious leaders in Jerusalem. He told them that he would be buried and that he would rise from the grave on the third day and that he would be with them for a short time and then he would ascend back into heaven. He told them what would happen to them, that they would desert him for a time, that they would be alone but not for long, because the Holy Spirit would come to be with them, but this would be after Jesus had returned to heaven. Luke tells us how, 40 days after his resurrection, Jesus was taken up into heaven. Let's just read that passage again. It is very short. Luke 24. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Now I read that that again because that's the end of Luke's Gospel, but Luke continues in the Acts of the Apostles. He continues the Acts at the point where he left off in his Gospel. So Acts chapter 1, verse 7 to 11, this is what we read. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. Mark, also in his gospel, uh, gives us a short account of this event, and this is found in Mark 16, verse 19. Mark says, After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, And he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. These are very brief accounts. Brief accounts of what was a very important event. It was one event in the midst of other very important events. 
the death and resurrection of Jesus was the completion of his work of salvation. And he could speak with confidence the words that he spoke from the cross when he said, It is finished. I want us to just go back to the night before his death when he prayed to his father. And we find this in John 17, verse 4 and 5. This is part of the prayer that he prayed. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. See, these words are from the prayer that Jesus prayed just prior to his arrest. For the disciples, the events over the next few days would fill them with fear. The things that Jesus said would happen did happen. They never really believed that they would. But he was arrested. And he was killed. And he did rise on the third day. You know, this year on the 4th of April, it was Easter Sunday. And that was actually 40 days ago. Can you remember what you have been doing since then? Well, after that first Easter, the disciples spent those 40 days with Jesus as he prepared them for what would happen next. They've seen the resurrected Jesus. They know that the other things that he had been teaching them over the previous three years would come true. And during those 40 days, Jesus reminds them of what he had said to them about the kingdom of God, his kingdom. He tells them what will happen during their lifetime and what will happen in heaven and what will happen in future generations. One of the things you will notice about the disciples from this point on is that because they have seen the risen Jesus, instead of fear and uncertainty, there will be certainty and joy even through the hard times and the were hard times ahead of them. Remember those words from Luke 24? Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Why is this? Well, their trust is no longer in themselves. Their trust is in the risen Jesus. John 14, verse 6. Just listen to these words. I said that the early... These words, let me just read them now. It's 14, verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Earlier I said that the death and resurrection of Jesus was the completion of his work of salvation so that he could say with confidence on the cross, it is finished. But now that this work of salvation is finished, his follow-up work begins. And in order to continue his work, he needed to return to his rightful place, where he would make further preparations for those who believe in him. Listen to what Jesus had to say to his disciples before the crucifixion. John 14, verse 1 to 6. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You see, these words are words of reassurance, telling them you don't have to worry. Then he goes on. My father's house has many rooms. 
If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? When he spoke these words, he was actually preparing them for his ascension. Then he went on, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. You see, he wanted them to know that he has everything in hand. It is all under control. So when these things happened, they would not need to fear. But that passage reads on. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Well, let's just stop for a moment. Maybe like Thomas, you don't understand what Jesus is saying. If that is the case, listen to what Jesus said to Thomas. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. You know, these words weren't just for Thomas. They weren't just for the disciples. These words were for us. We are those who can see the risen Jesus, not in person as they did, but we can see him through the words of the gospel writers. John one of the gospel writers who brings us first-hand reports of those things brings them to us for a reason. He was there, he saw them, he believes them, and he wants us to know about them. So we have John's gospel. And in John 20, verse 30 through to 31, he said this, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. You know, as well as Jesus making preparation for his disciples, he was also making preparation for us, for you and I. You know, he is now our representative in heaven. Listen to what Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2 verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. And Jesus is more than a representative. He is a mediator. You know, we can communicate through him. He's also our advocate. He will speak on our behalf. Our prayers through Jesus give us access to God. We've spoken about John before, and John the Apostle, who was there when Jesus ascended into heaven, tells us this in 1 John 2 verse 1. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Before the death of Jesus, the disciples would have been familiar with the work of the, the high priest. The one who once a year would go into the Holy of Holies, 
This is the place in the temple that represented heaven. And the high priest would go in on that once a year occasion to seek salvation for the people from their sins. But listen to what the writer of the Hebrew says. And this was written after the ascension of Jesus. And in Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, he says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to feel sympathy, who is unable to feel sympathy for our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This means that Jesus is our high priest, and unlike Aaron, Jesus has entered heaven itself. And he only has to do it once. Another few verses from Hebrews chapter 7 this time, verse 23 to 25. Now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he's able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. That's a message for us this morning. Jesus returned to heaven as our saviour, so that he could continue his work and be our advocate, our representative before the Father. In other words, our high priest and our Lord. You know, it's little wonder that the disciples were overjoyed as they returned to Jerusalem praising God. And they began to preach the word as they waited for the promised Holy Spirit who would be with them through what was to be a life of hardship and pain. But in that hardship and pain, they could rejoice in the knowledge that they were not alone and also that they had one in heaven who was with them and was waiting for them to be with him. Which brings us back to the words of Luke in the book of Acts, as he brings to us the words spoken to the disciples by the angels as Jesus ascended into heaven. Let me remind you of those words from Acts chapter 1. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. You know, we said at the beginning this morning that these were brief accounts of the ascension. But they tell us of a very important event an event that comes in the midst of other very important events. For the disciples, the next important event for them would happen at Pentecost, just ten days later, ten days after Jesus had ascended into heaven, 
we can look at that at another time. But this morning, for us, as we remember his ascension, we're reminded that his work goes on as we look forward to his return. As I said, for the disciples, the Holy Spirit would come in 10 days' time. For us, in our day, we, as the disciples, live in the days after the resurrection, just as they did, and after the days of the ascension of Jesus. And we, like them, live in what is his day of grace, bringing with it the offer of salvation to all and the gift of the Holy Spirit for those who will accept and trust in Jesus. You know, the work goes on, and there's more to come. There's another promise still to be fulfilled, a promise that was confirmed to the disciples as Jesus returned to heaven. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has, was taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. They were the words to the disciples. You know, these are the words that could apply to us this morning. Why aren't you looking into the sky? This same Jesus will come back in the same way that they saw him go into heaven. You know, this morning we've heard what the Apostle John has said to us in his Gospel. And we've heard what he has said to us in his letter, his epistle to the churches. Listen to what he has to say to us in his book of Revelation. And we'll finish with this. Revelation 22, verse 20 and 21. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. They are the words to John in the book of Revelation that come down to us today. We started with a question. How significant is the ascension? We've been looking at the answer. And we finish with this same phrase. This time as a rhetorical question as we have seen how significant the ascension is let's pray father just help us to understand these words and just be with us as we continue throughout this day that you might remind us of them and as we look forward to that time when you will return for your church and we bring these things to you in the name of jesus